And welcome into another edition of the Hawkeye Insider. I don't know what to call it, Sean. Recruiting hour, uh, recruiting podcast, talking all things Iowa Hawkeyes recruiting. David Eichel here with HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Please be joined by Sean Bach, who's been on a tear on the recruiting trail lately, including a bunch of road trips, uh, scouting some Iowa targets. We'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But, Sean, I guess just to start off, man, how you doing? Doing well. Um, it's kind of been nice the past couple of days, um, especially because I've been able to kind of hit the road, see a couple of Chicago area kids. Obviously, I'm from the western suburbs of Chicago, so and there's a bunch of 2022 targets, especially that I was looking at um, from the Chicagoland area, and then obviously some 2021 ones as well that I went to go see a couple of weeks back with Sainé Lucas Van Ness from Barrington, and then Jeremiah Pittman, the new commit who happened to commit the day before I was going to go see him work out. Um, so that kind of worked out well. Um, so it's been, it's been nice to finally be able to get back on the, even though it's only been like, I don't know, a 10, 15 minute drive from my house for most places up to 30 at mm -hmm. times um, to see these kids. It's nice to finally get out and start, uh, start seeing players again and kind of get face to face with them rather than just talk to them over the phone or over text. Yeah, I was going to say, just even some sense of normalcy. Obviously, the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of – I don't know what to call it, Sean, maybe optimism, but it seems like things are starting to move in the right direction, uh, you know, as regarding college sports. I think especially over the last 30, 40 days, uh, we've started to make up a lot of ground. So, we, I'm definitely interested to see what we do in the next 30 or 40 days. But, Sean, let's kind of dive right into it. Obviously, I think one of the top stories right now in the Iowa recruiting world is recent – uh, 2021 quarterback offer uh, Joey Labis out of uh, Ohio, Breckensville, Broadview Heights, uh, six foot three, six foot four, 190 pounds, uh, is currently committed to Ball State. And it was kind of an interesting situation. We, I know we have a question about later, Sean. Uh, but, you know, Iowa had been tracking him for a while, I know, as well as a couple other Power Five programs, but he elected to commit uh, to Ball State, uh, I believe, about two and a half weeks ago. Uh, maybe just because of all the uncertainty surrounding recruiting. He wasn't sure how many more offers he'd garner. Uh, but, again, this year is just so unlike any other. But what can you tell us about Labis? What do you kind of know about his recruitment? What What's his kind of skill set? Yeah, so Alan True, our Midwest recruiting analyst, did an interview with him about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago maybe. And it was kind of like, hey, I was showing interest here. I think Boston College was another school. Maybe Syracuse was another one. I can't, I can't recall exactly. But Alan put that article out, and people were like, okay, like this is interesting. And then Joey committed to Ball State that night. So then at that point, we were kind of like, okay, maybe it's a name that could maybe resurface down the line. Obviously, we know that there were a couple other quarterbacks that I was looking at that didn't necessarily have the power five offers, but we're getting – had some group of five offers um, – Obviously, Matt or Labis had a group of five offers, but they were mainly Mac schools. So, so kind of that upper tier um, level for that for that uh, group. So, it was kind of interesting how it all came about. Too, I was tipped off by a few people about the whole Labis thing and that Iowa offered that day, and I immediately put in a twenty four seven Sports crystal ball after talking to a source, um, and I still feel good about that one. Obviously, Dave. Um, I should mention that Labis, as we've said on our VIP boards, as the whole Iowa Twitter world kind of knows now, is that Labis will be in Iowa City this weekend. Um, 
and some people may be wondering how that works. How it works is it's a dead period at this point in time. So college coaches are not able to have recruits on campus for sponsored visits, like official visits, unofficial visits, camps. So that stuff's out of the question. So that means that recruits aren't able to go to those campuses for the intent of visiting the football facilities, talking with coaches, um, the whole nine yards. So well, Labis and what a couple other prospects are going to be doing, I know Michael Mislinski, the one of the top remaining offensive line targets for Iowa in the 2021 class is going to be doing this fall, is they're going to be going to campus for a day, whether that be the whole day. I doubt it's the whole day. I mean, Iowa City is a great, great campus. University of Iowa is awesome, but you can't spend the whole day there just walking around campus. Um, so they're probably just going to spend a couple hours, maybe see if any buildings are open, um, see the dorms, maybe look at Kinnick Stadium, see kind of the area around it, the football facilities, not go inside and tour them or talk with any of the coaches, but just get a feel for what Iowa City is all about. Um, just kind of get a feel for everything that the whole town, the whole university, um, downtown Iowa City has to offer. So I know it's not really the whole like sitting down with the coaches, like getting to meet players, like all that sort of stuff, but it's still a good feel. It's still kind of a good, good idea for these players because, I mean, they talked with some of these coaches so much over the phone, so much over Zoom and stuff like that, that they've been able to get a feel for kind of what the football, football sense is like um, with the virtual visits and whatnot. But I think what these recruits want to really get to know is like, hey, like we're going to be spending most of our time in the football facility but we're going to be going to classes. We're going to be living in these places. Um, we need to know what this is all about. So I think it's a blessing and a curse in a, in some regard that, hey, like they get to check out the campus as like a normal college student rather than just go visit the football facility and maybe take like a quick tour around campus. Now they actually get to walk around, see what everything's kind of about um, and kind of get a feel for everything, which I think obviously is not ideal from this from football perspective but I think I think there's still some benefits that come with it um in terms of just going around and just getting familiar with what it's like to be a student at the University of Iowa yeah like you mentioned I know this is probably going to be become more of a common practice for prospects especially since the NCAA recruiting dead period has been extended through the end of July now uh, which was an interesting thing I think Sean because they're making that call you know at the end of May I thought they would have at least waited until you know, maybe the second week of June, but I think they're trying to take all precautions to ensure that there's a football season. Uh, but obviously, like you mentioned, I think, you know, what happens when we talk to recruits, when they talk about committing to a school, what's a common theme? It's, it, fe it felt like home when I was on campus. It's good. So you really can't, you know, undervalue the vibe that a city or a campus gives you. So I think that's what a lot of these kids are coming to look for and Labis, uh, like you mentioned, six foot three, 190 pounds. I think he's a pretty solid prospect. He's, I think, only an 83 on 24 7 sports and across most of the other recruiting networks. But I think he's a guy with a big senior season, can rise. Uh, not the strongest arm in the world, but I think he's, I hate using this term, but he's a very good game manager. He has some athleticism, can escape the pocket, but he can also stand strong and deliver a throw uh, while taking a hit. Not a day one impact guy, but you got Spencer Petras for probably three years. You got Alex Padilla who might make a push. And you got everybody's excited about Deuce Hogan, the incoming freshman from Grapevine, Texas, to be able to make an impact. Uh, and obviously, after you put in your crystal ball, I quickly followed up with one of my own because 
I, I think Iowa's in a good spot here. Labis is – it comes off as an extremely loyal kid, but at the same time, it, it's Power 5 football. It's Big Ten football, especially right now with Iowa being hot on the recruiting trail, uh, winning 47 games in the past five years, which is the most in a five-year span. I think the, the brand of Iowa is starting to extend beyond what people typically expect uh, from Iowa football. And I think part of the reason that, too, is obviously with the advancement of uh, you know, tight end, you uh, wide receivers start to make an impact in Iowa constantly putting guys in the draft. So it'll be interesting. I know you have a VIP uh, primer up right now uh, for our VIP members. Speaking of which, I do want to quickly plug this where we kind of wrap up the lavish conversation uh, until tomorrow night, which is Friday, the May 29th until 10:59 PM central time, get 75% off an annual subscription to HawkeyeInsider.com. Over the past two months, we've had 500, uh, pieces of original content covering all your Hawkeyes wants. Get all your Iowa news, analysis, scoop, and interaction only at HawkeyeInsider.com. Uh, but, yeah, like you mentioned, Sean, I think Iowa's in a good spot for Labis. And, obviously, I think the 2021 class especially, and you can give, I think, a broader perspective on this since you, you talk to these guys quite frequently. It seems like there's a lot of recruiters on the trail, and it seems like the 2021 class – uh, it's a pretty tight knit group, especially uh, even though it's only the end of May right now. But it seems like all these kids are pretty pretty locked in what Iowa's trying to do. It feels like there's really no no bad fit, uh, you know, culture wise and personality wise with this group. Yeah, there's definitely a couple kids. I mean, obviously you don't have the Deuce Hogan, which was the first commit in the 2020 class, um, so that kind of hurts you in a sense because you kind of want your quarterback to be your first commit. I mean. It's not something that has to be, but it's definitely an ideal situation because those guys seem to be the ones that – I mean, not all the time, but they seem to want, be the ones that are very, very vocal about things and are very um, – just kind of seem to be the leaders of the group. And Iowa had a special one in Deuce Hogan, the 2020 cycle. Um, in 2021, there are a couple couple guys on Twitter that seem to be pretty outgoing about that stuff. I know Cooper DeGene's one of them. Um, Ireland Bruce here and there is one of them as well. Um, and just a number, a couple other guys too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a good group. And I think a guy like Labis, obviously you still have a couple more spots that you want to fill running back defensive backs and center and probably another tackle or guard. Um, but Labis would be a, would be a really big get as far as him like flipping. I think I have my, confidence meter at about I think seven or eight right now I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. which number um but I feel I feel good about Iowa's chances that that's for sure that's all you need to know Allen's is a seven yours is an eight right now obviously four yeah. pr- predictions in favor of the Hawkeyes I do want to make one quick correction uh he is an 84 <laughs> by 24 7 sports not an 83 uh, it's also worth knowing too, he, he combined for 32 touchdowns and had nearly 500 rushing yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, so that's the latest with Labis. Sean, let's get right into your recruiting trips. I know you, like you kind of previewed in the introduction, uh, you've been taking some trips. You got to see Jeremiah Pittman. You got to see, uh, you know, Ryan Keeler, who's another, you know, Midwest guy from Nazareth. You got a chance to see uh 2022 wide receiver, uh, Tyler Morris, who Iowa is in the hunt for, one of the best wide receivers in the 2022 class. And you got to see 2020 defensive line signee Lucas Van Ness, among others. 
Uh, just start with the whole Pittman trip in, with, with Van Ness. What are some things you kind of noticed? What were, you know, what were the main takeaways, uh, whether it be from conversation or workouts when you watch those guys? Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't interview Van Ness afterwards, but obviously I talked to him throughout the workout beforehand afterwards um, for a little bit, and he's ready to go. Um, he's a guy that I think not necessarily can make an early impact, but he's got a frame that if you want to put more weight on, obviously you can put him inside. If you want to keep that sort of tall, skinnier frame, um, you can keep him on the edge too, but you got to pack a little – He's around 248 right now, and he's a lean 248. Definitely, definitely is uh, putting on some good pounds, um, and looks a lot bigger from the high school season. So, I mean, obviously, you don't want to put too much in stock into workouts, but you guys can kind of see for yourself too. I have those up um, at HawkeyeInsider.com. Put those in the in the podcast link or on the in the article. Um, but he's a guy. Vanessa is a guy I'm pretty high on. Obviously, a late bloomer from last year, a guy that really thrived from these showcases and college camps, um, picked up about like 20 plus offers last summer in the matter of like a month and a half or something like that. Seemed like he was picking up a new offer every day. So he's a guy that I don't think will come in and compete right away, but I think he can find, he can find a niche eventually um, and really kind of stick there and be just a solid high floor kind of guy in, in Iowa city. And then, Jeremiah Pittman saw him as well. Same workout. Um, that's a guy that's likely going to project inside. But I think he said afterwards when I talked to him that he's can Kelvin Bell said that he's going to go probably inside or out, but it seems like he's going to be more of like a three tech type um, on the interior. So he's a guy, another Chicago guy, um, kind of another interior Chicago guy, kind of like a Noah Shannon type, not as big as Noah Shannon, but, I think he's pretty athletic, moves pretty well for his size, and is a guy that I think could, once he hits the weight room, once he starts to really put on some, I mean, he's got good weight on right now, but I think once he puts on some better weight, um, just getting into the weight room with Chris Doyle, I think I think he's going to find a way to, um, to make an impact on the line, and I think that's what, same thing with Van Ness as well. Um, as far as 2022, so... 2020, 21 was last week or two weeks ago, something along those lines. 2022 on Monday, I got to go see uh, Memorial Day. I saw a Naperville Central wide receiver, four-star wide receiver, Reggie Florima. Um, I think that's how you say his name. I'm not really sure on that end, but um, right well, now that's a pretty he's good got, time, to be honest. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's an easier, it's an easy name to look at and kind of say in your head, but when you say it out loud, it's a, it's a yeah. little tough. But <laughs> he's the guy that four star I think he's like a top 200 prospect um has like 10 plus offers Iowa I was in a good spot there um I I talked to Reggie got some highlights of him afterwards and talked to him beforehand as well he said I was at one of the top right now them in Minnesota I think are the two that are pushing the hardest at this point obviously it's it's really early and Reggie's a guy six foot two like 195 pounds 
dude does not look like a college or a high school junior to be at all. He he has the shape or he has the frame and the size and kind of just like the maturity and just looks of like a college sophomore at this point. It's kind of crazy. His dad, um, Reggie Senior, played defensive line at Notre Dame. I think he's around like six four, maybe six five. Um, so Reggie is a guy that could grow into potentially a, a tight end or a big wide receiver, kind of like a Brandon Smith type. Um, so he's a name that you'll definitely want to track, a name that I really like in that class, and I think Iowa's got as good a shot as anyone um, in this with him at this point in time. Obviously, a Notre Dame offer could hold a lot of weight um, with his dad being from mm-hmm. there, but I think it's still still time to go in this one. I think, I think Iowa's, Iowa's sitting pretty at this point. No, no crystal ball. Um, being put in by me at any point in time. But right now, I think Iowa, Iowa and Minnesota seem to be in the best position. Yeah, another guy I know you got the chance to go and watch, Sean, is 2022 wide receiver Tyler Morris. I know he's got some connections with Iowa uh, that you gave our VIPs in a story, I think, may, earlier this week or, or last weekend. Uh, what can you kind of tell us about that and give us a brief scouting report of him? Because I think he's as polished of a receiver as, as you'll find in the country. I mean, six foot, 175 pounds, but an explosive guy. I think he had, what, like 24 touchdowns last season? Uh, I don't know if it was 24, but, I mean, just watching his film and the game I saw him play where he had like three or four touchdowns in the state semifinal game. Um, yeah, the kid, he's legit. Makes a lot of sense why he's being – so highly coveted from the likes of Michigan, Penn State, Notre Dame, and Iowa, um, among others. So, yeah, he's the kid. He's just a difference maker. Not not the biggest guy, like you said, David. Um, very, very – not very thin, but he's built well. But you just – like, first glance, you're kind of like, okay, like, this kid definitely looks like he's fast. But then you see him on the football field, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, this kid – this kid can tear it up. The way he's able to track the ball um, – his ball skills are, are phenomenal. Um, the way he's able to break out of his cuts and his routes, whether it be on a curl route or an out route, he's just so quick with everything. He makes it look so easy and so natural. Um, it's really it's really incredible to watch. And he's just a playmaker on the field. He can get open. He can outrun anyone. He can really just make – he just makes it look so easy. Um, it's really, really something great to watch. And like I said, I mean, I think I think it's a Michigan's probably the front runner at this point. Notre Dame is a school that's also been involved with him for some time, um, but they kind of haven't been as much contact. I don't I don't know if that would change. Probably will, just because he is so good. Um, you kind of have to be in contact with him a lot. Penn State's a school that really intrigues him, and like you said, as I put in my story earlier this week, that his mom is from Iowa. A lot of his mom's side of the family lives in Iowa. His cousin. Um, is a strength and conditioning coach for the Iowa football program. So there's a lot of connections there. And Iowa's been one of those schools that has, in, has been keeping in a lot of contact throughout this dead period. Um, and also, like, just the the way that Iowa's been able to really revamp that wide receiver room with Kelton Copeland is something that's really popped out to him. Now, I'm not saying Iowa's going to get him because I think that that's just a steep hill to climb, especially with the relationship that Michigan – has kind of built with him and then Notre Dame obviously they're not showing much in or I mean they're showing interest but they haven't been in much communication as of this point um up to now or at least the last couple weeks um but Penn State's a player but Iowa just based off family connections and the way they've been recruiting has definitely definitely put themselves in the hunt here I think they they'll be a they'll be a dark horse at this point I 
I put some tiers. I said one A is Michigan. I said one B is Notre Dame, Penn State. And then I put one C is Iowa. And then maybe you put a Purdue or Missouri in there as well because they've been doing – then maybe a Northwestern also because they've been doing a pretty good job. But I think I think Iowa definitely, definitely will have a shot. Um, I don't think it's great, a great shot, but I think they'll have a shot. If that makes sense, it's yeah. it'll be an upward climb. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I mean, they've done a great job recruiting him, recruiting the family. Obviously, his mom loves Iowa. She's been very vocal about it to me and on Twitter. Um, but it's it's a lot to it's a lot. Um, it's not a layup with this kid. It's it's a top one hundred receiver, top one hundred prospect in the country. You're talking about so don't get, <clears throat> don't get your hopes up too high. And it's another thing too, Sean. I think one of the biggest things that could factor in this recruitment is can Iowa keep the trajectory of the wide receiver room going? I think this is a big year, obviously, before a kid makes a decision, but you got the pieces around to have a really good passing game. I mean, you return your top four receivers, got multiple all-conference potential guys, Brand Smith, Amir Smith-Marset. I think Tyrone Tracy could be a sneaky pick to be a third-team all-conference receiver. And obviously you get Nico Regani back, and who knows where Oliver Martin fits in the equation. Uh, so I think if Iowa can continue to use their wide receivers, that's probably the best recruiting tool they can use at this point for Morris and for wide receivers. Um, before we get into some questions, Sean, I know we kind of talked about this off the air. I feel like we need to kind of talk about this on the record a little bit. Obviously, there's been a lot of buzz. I mean, I I don't want to say I set you know Twitter you know on fire or whatever with with my latest crystal ball projection. Obviously, kind of going against the <laughs> against the majority here, but uh, top 100 tight end, top 247 tight end, number one tight end in the country by 24-7 sports, Thomas Fedoni. Uh, I recently put in a crystal ball pick uh, in favor of LSU. I did put my confidence meter at only a two because I still think that they have some work to do. Uh, but they're starting to go in with, with Fedoni, and they're the defending national champs, and with that passing attack they showed last season, I think that that option is very intriguing with, with them. And I know you talked to him. Uh, frequently, I know right now, I believe every other crystal ball projection is in favor of the in-state Huskers, who I, by the way, I just want to clarify, I did say Nebraska could land him. I said Iowa could land him. But if he, you know, waits out his recruitment and goes and visits Michigan and LSU and does not visit Iowa or Nebraska again, I mean, I'm, I'm liking my chances picking either LSU or Michigan. I did put one in favor of LSU. Uh, I know you kind of expanded on it. You don't have to give all the details, Sean, save some stuff for behind the scenes, but give us, give us just kind of your feel right now with, uh, with Thomas's recruitment. Yeah, I know there was some buzz around the Nebraska circles that this kind of seemed to be a layup for the Huskers at one point. Um, obviously Iowa was still in it too, but I felt Iowa and Nebraska seemed to be the favorites at some for a while. Um, and then Notre Dame, Michigan and LSU really jumped into and then Penn State as well was in there. Alabama still pushing. But yeah, I mean, David, you put in a crystal ball. I checked in with a couple sources afterwards because I know our LSU guys have been hearing some positive buzz about the Tigers for Fedoni. Um, the staff's been recruiting him as hard as anyone in the country. Obviously with the connections with some of his uh, seven-on-seven coaches with the Burrow camp, uh, the Joe Burrow LSU quarterback, now Cincinnati Bengal, um, his, their camp, um, they put him in contact with him. Coach O's done a good job here, been on FaceTime with him a couple times. Um, and they've done as good as anyone in this recruitment. I think, I think the big selling point here is will Fedoni want to go far away from home? That seems to be, seems to be the million dollar question at first. It kind of seemed like he wanted to be a local kid, but I think he wants to get out and explore. I know he said that his visits 
were going to be a huge part in his recruitment. Um, he wasn't going to take official visits to Iowa and Nebraska at one point. That seems to still be the plan because he wanted to go see the schools that he hasn't seen before, like Notre Dame, Michigan, and now LSU, um, who seems to be one of the front runners at this point, if not the front runner. As I said, still a long way to go in this one. I still think there's a lot of time. Fedoni doesn't seem to be in a rush to make a decision. I mean, why would you? He's the number one tight end in the nation for 24 7 mm-hmm. sports. Any school would be lucky to have him. Schools are going to wait around for him um, because he is just so dang talented. I mean, I shouldn't say every school is going to wait around to him because there's other prospects that they're coveting and they kind of want to get their class over and done with to focus on the next cycle. But he's so talented and just such a difference maker, I think, from day one that you look at that and you're like, okay, like we need this kid bad. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, we can get other guys too. Obviously, we've seen up Iowa before a Sam Laporta getting him late in the cycle. That gets happen to the Hawkeyes. But I think if I had to put in a crystal ball right now, I think I think LSU would be my pick. I'm not going to put one in yet, but I definitely think LSU would be the way to go. Low confidence one, but I think the Tigers are in, are in the driver's seat at this point. But as I said, got to reiterate myself, still a long way to go. <laughs> Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that, I mean, they can wait around. You're number one tight in the country. I mean, why would you be in a rush? Especially, you know, you take your official visits and you can't afford to, you know, go, go places you've never been able to afford to go or you don't, you know, you don't want to keep throwing in money. Go take your free trips. Go learn something about a program. Maybe they'll surprise you. Uh, have some fun with it. You only get recruited once. And especially I think it's important to have fun, especially in this cycle, just because of how, you know, unusual it is. I mean, we, nev- we may never see a recruiting cycle like this ever again. Um, but yeah, I felt it was important for us to talk about that. Uh, but Sean, before we kind of wrap this up, let's dive into some questions really quick. Uh, I'll let you lead this one. Are you surprised that Iowa offered Lavis instead of flipping a quarterback commit down the line? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Um, No, not really. I think Iowa did did the right thing in getting Labus um, pretty early. Um, I think it's better off they did it offering him earlier because, like I said, very loyal kid, um, a kid that has said before he's all in with Penn or Ball State, gave his full commitment to them, um, but now he's visiting Iowa City, so that's a good sign for Iowa. Um, but, no, I think – I did think they were going to wait a little longer, but then again, there's a reason why I'm not I'm not a coach on that staff. So, yeah. <laughs> I, think they, I think they did the right job in doing uh, – getting him earlier than, than I would have predicted they would have. 
You know, like you, I think like you mentioned earlier, Iowa was showing interest. I mean, he was one of those kids where if he ended up going to a camp, he was probably going to leave with an offer. But just because right. of all the camps being canceled, they, they figured just to, just to do it. Uh, when can coaches directly start contacting the 2022 recruits? And do you see us, and do you see us, Iowa, getting off to a fast start similar to the way they did in 2021? Well, it's September 1st, correct? I know we were looking at that for um, September 1st. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That, I, I mean, should reiterate. I should reiterate, Sean. That's when the private communication can hook up for people who aren't familiar. Uh, if, if they want to contact like 2023 and 2022 recruits, they can go through coaches, they can go through parents, but they can't have like text message conversations with the athletes. September 1st uh, at midnight is when they can start texting the 2022 recruits. Right, right. So I think if you're looking at 2022, I think they could get a couple in-state guys maybe earlier. Um, I think Will McLaughlin out of Harlan, he seems to be a guy that wants to take a few visits. Obviously, hasn't been to Iowa City yet, but I have my crystal ball and the Hawkeyes there. Um, It's kind of tough, though, because with no camps this summer, you usually get the in-state commit that – or not the in-state, but maybe like a small-town kid – to commit and then even some offers too that go out like I mean last year obviously with Jennings Dunker he committed um mm-hmm. Aaron Graves 2022 class he committed after camp both those guys committed after camp um so you don't have that luxury this summer of getting guys in camp especially the in-state guys maybe guys that aren't on aren't on our scouting services radars but you know them from just connections in the state and want to kind of keep them under wraps so at this point, you don't you don't have that luxury. So, I think this could maybe back things up a little bit and not get the start that Iowa wanted to. Um, I think it'd be tough. I mean, the in-state class for 2022 is a pretty pretty good group that that's only going to get deeper as we start discovering more kids. So, mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, I've had a couple early crystal balls in um, for 2022 prospects. Arlen Harris, four-star, top like one. I think he's like the number. 111 prospect in the country. Yeah, yeah, he's like, um, yeah, he is 111, 15th yeah. one running backs. Right. Um, I have a crystal ball in Iowa there, even with offers from Michigan and Penn State. I think Iowa's the leader by, I wouldn't say by far, but I think they, they're in the driver's seat. Derek Foster's done a phenomenal job in that recruitment running back coach. I think he's a guy that they can get into the fold eventually, um, depending on how that recruitment kind of goes. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do with the quarterback situation. I think they could get a commit earlier in that class than they did maybe in this cycle if they end up do getting Labis. Um, I think, I mean, obviously you got an in-state option in Southeast Polk, Jack, Southeast Polk's Jackson Daly, who could be an offer guy down the road, has offers from Iowa State, Michigan. Um, then Caden Cobbs, another name that comes to mind, a guy that I saw um, working with Morris, who I filmed, um, another really good, Lefty quarterback, both lefties, which I find interesting. I think that's a guy that maybe could see an offer down the line from Iowa. Definitely a guy that's going to get a couple of Big Ten offers. Bit um, has an offer from Northern Illinois at the moment, but we'll get more eventually. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I think maybe you get some linemen here and there, but I do think I think 2022 might might be a little tougher because of just everything going on this summer. No visits, no camps. Um, and who knows how they'll do visits in the future during game days. That's going to be, it's going to be another dynamic that 
kind of mm-hmm. changes with all this stuff going on. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point too. And like you mentioned, I think the 2022 with Iowa getting so established in the 2021 class, I mean, it should have been quote unquote a head start for them in the 2022 class. But like we mentioned, the camps being canceled and, you know, there's a lot of in-state talent. I think you look at another guy, you know, Isaac Thompson, obviously could be an option. Uh, top two, four, seven defensive back. Um, I mean, there's, there's plenty of options, but I'll tell you what, and I think you can kind of attest to this. Iowa's going after some more, I think, at least by our standards, as in 24-7 sports standards, they're going after a lot of highly recruited kids right now and making them priority targets. And, again, with Iowa's recent success, I'm interested to see if they can – if and how many of those kids uh, they can snag for the 2022 class. But I think, you know, obviously this, this upcoming season is going to be uh, a big part of that. Uh, let's kind of dive into uh, – let's see. Phil Parker has an uncanny ability to spot the underrated prospect on defense in the 2021 class. Who do you think that's out there that could be considered a Phil Parker special, if any of them on the radar right now? Um, I think that's, that's a Phil Parker thing. <laughs> and I think this camp too, <laughs> camp camp season was a big indicator for that as well. Um, obviously Brendan Diaz Fernandez from the last cycle. Um, AJ Lawson was a guy think they offered before camp i'm not 100 percent sure on that one but i didn't think, have any, i think you're right yeah didn't have any um any big time i think he had mainly mac offers at the point iowa offered um and then reggie bracy was just iowa and indiana and obviously an injury kind of slowed down his recruitment a little bit um but he he really is a guy that wasn't under the radar get um so i think i don't I don't have any that really come to mind at this point. I think there'll probably be a kid from Michigan that we could see. I posted one on our board that could potentially be one a while back. Um, maybe Aaron Smith from Waukee. I know one of our posters mentioned that. Um, I, Iowa hasn't really been in great contact with him as of late, but as we know, that could that could change in a in a dime um, mm-hmm. if that is if that's how the expression goes. Um, <laughs> so. It'll be interesting to monitor. I think the camp kind of takes away that being able to see a guy live, um, which hurts in that regard. So who knows? Who knows who will be this cycle? Your your guess is as good as mine right now. You know, I think that's fair too because, like you mentioned, I think someone from Michigan's probably the most likely because Phil Parker just kind of runs that area and he knows that uh, really well. I know, you know, Josh Block, one of our mods, uh, would love to see maybe like an Aaron Smith become one of those kids. Uh, but, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, last, last one before we kind of wrap this up is it's kind of a difficult question to answer, uh, but I'll, I'll kind of lead us into it. They're curious about how football players and recruits are doing with weight gain, speed improvements, and generally what kind of shape they're in. I, I think I'll let you give your take on this too, Sean, but I think that I think a lot of guys are itching to get back. I think they want to get back. Uh, because, I mean, I'll take, you know, I'll, I'll go with Austin Schulte, the senior defensive tackle. He's, he's doing one-on-one reps versus, you know, his 190-pound-year-old brother to try, to try to help stay in shape. And he's been doing, have to do uh, weight lifts in his garage. Uh, you know, I, I think that for the, for the most part, I think a lot of guys will be in at least good enough shape that they won't come in and get completely wiped. But I think if there's one area, maybe if in the entire Iowa football program, they don't have to worry about, 
it's strength and conditioning. If Iowa gets especially eight weeks to get ready for the football season, assuming it kicks off on time, we're exactly 100 days out right now. I think Chris Doyle's the guy you want at the helm, and I think he'll be able to get them into shape. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really worry about that too much. Um, I think players at this age are do a good job of holding themselves accountable and kind of know now that they're on campus um, or had like an, ex- an experience with the staff um, that they kind of know what it takes to really prepare. And they obviously the staff put together workout plans for them to do um, that they could do in an open field or in the weight room or just any sort mm-hmm. of area that has enough space for them to perform a workout. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think who it hurts most is the freshmen and the early enrollees as well um, because they needed – they kind of came, graduate early um, for this time uh, to get that extra kind of – that extra kind of experience and know what it's kind of like heading into summer ball, which is a big – which is a big proving ground for them, especially a guy like Elijah Yelverton, incoming freshman mm-hmm. tight end who early enrolled this – this past semester um, who we think is a guy that I know a bunch of our other fellow uh, media members in the Iowa market really kind of agree that he could be a guy that can contribute um, and this whole spring was going to be huge for him, but obviously he doesn't have that luxury now. So I think the players that have been here, um, the upperclassmen and even like the freshmen from last year know what it kind of takes, but the the incoming freshmen I think is the people who it kind of impacts the most. I mean, They'll get here on time, um, but I feel like I feel like everyone will kind of be rushing into it a little bit instead of kind of like taking their time with it. If that makes sense. No, I agree one hundred percent. As we know right now, it sounds like most of the the incoming freshmen will be arriving their scheduled week in the twelfth to the fourteenth. Um, and it's worth noting too: required workouts will not start until July one the voluntary workouts start on July, I mean, June 8th and select coaches will be allowed uh, to be back in their offices, et cetera, on June 1st. And obviously there's a lot of protocols. We put all that on HawkeyeInsider.com. But Sean, is there anything else we need to really hit that we feel like we've kind of glossed over? No, um, I don't, I don't really think there's anything that I missed. I'm trying to go back. Um, no, I think we're good. I mean, I'm just, I'm just ready to start getting out there and seeing more seeing recruits actual and sports then, again. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that'll be nice. So, uh, one last plug too. Again, you have till tomorrow night, May 29th, uh, 1059 PM central time, uh, 75% off HawkeyeInsider.com. I mean, Sean, Sean's the best, uh, I guess, as far as Iowa recruiting and, you know, original content's been at, you know, an unbelievable, I, I, you know, I think an unbelievable uh, mark. We, we usually are getting double-digit new content items per day. I know 24-7 national team's been great. Our recruiting experts, Alan True, Steve Wiltfong, and all those guys have been really all in. Uh, two, uh, just over $2 a month, uh, you know, two, over $2 a month over a 12-month period. We'd love to have you join our community, and we're, you know, we're going to continue to get better and better and stay on top of everything Iowa because I don't think news is going to slow down anytime soon, especially with workouts. Uh, saying to begin so be sure to check out hawkeyeinsider.com for the details surrounding that deal but yeah until next time appreciate you guys listening and uh as always stay tuned to hawkeyeinsider.com for all your iowa needs take care okay picture this 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.